Hello, and welcome to the Adafruit Show and Tell. I'm Liz. I'm going to be your host this evening. If you would like to join, the StreamYard link can be found in the Adafruit Discord. That's adafruit.it slash discord in the live broadcast chat channel. Click the link, and you'll be able to come into the queue to show off your project. Uh, but first, we're going to kick things off with some Adafruit folks. First, Melissa uh, maker Melissa. Hello. Hey, Melissa. How are you? Good. Um, so I've been working on um, a... CircuitPython installer for the circuitpython.org website. So rather than just um, cool. downloading the um, firmware and um, the bootloader, um, you would it would actually go through and like do all the installation for you on the website. So I kind of wanted to show like That's what great. I had on my computer at this moment. Yeah. So. Share your screen. Yep. There is the tab there. So uh, right now I have an open installer button and comes up with a little menu when you do that. And I'm going to go ahead and click that. And I have um, this board connected to my computer at the moment. So I'm going to cool. connect. Uh, you probably can't see this, but I'm choosing it from a menu. And so it connects. Yeah. We go next. And then it... Uh, it goes and erases the flash there. And this is kind of similar to the, is it kind of the same guts of ESP tool? Only now yeah, it's using nice that in the back end. Yeah, very cool. And then now it's going, it uh, unzips the file and then starts uh, putting the bootloader on. Uh, right now I'm only showing the bootloader, uh, but it's it's flashing the combined up bin. And then nice. I need to add it so it like will copy the UF2 onto there still. But I just wanted mm -hmm. to kind of give you a little demonstration of what it looked like. Yeah, it's very cool. I like that folks will be able to just like find the board and just click and it'll do the thing because sometimes ESP tool could be a little intimidating for beginners. So I think this, this would be really awesome for folks. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, hopefully we can eventually add this into like the learn guide and stuff. So yeah, uh, that's pretty much it at this point here, but it's just like a little wizard and it's uh, configurable and maybe we can even use it like the whipper snapper and stuff like that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, it's been really cool seeing you work on that and I uh, can't wait for folks to get to use it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thank you so much, Melissa. Have a good uh, night. Thank you. You too. Thanks. Next, we are going to go to Scott. Hey, Scott, how's it going? Oh, hey, thanks for having me and thanks for hosting. Of course, um, yeah. So I've uh, kind of gotten sick of doing bug fixes. So I'm okay. I'm, I'm circling back to some stuff. Uh, first yeah. is the watch. Hopefully mm. my watch doesn't have anything. It's just me now. <laughs> um, so I have CircuitPython running on my watch here. Um, and cool. I'm, I've had it running since August, basically, when I was on leave. And now I want to dust it off and get it actually checked in so that um, we're able to uh, have other people use it. I have a second one here that I'm kind of haven't messed with, and I'm trying to get it working there, um, installing kind of wirelessly rather than using the uh, the secret SW pins on the back. Gotcha. Um, so I'm, I've got to figure that out. Um, so if anybody's yeah. done Nordic DFU, hit me up on Discord and, and help me out. Um, but then the other thing is the the display on here is a kind of like a sharp memory display, except mm -hmm. it's three three bits of color. 
one for red, okay. one for green, and one for blue. Um, and so I was in there in display IO doing some like very low color uh, work, you know, with three bits and four bits um, sort cool. of stuff. And that got me thinking about um, e-ink. Yeah. So there's these seven color e-inks, which are kind of weird. Um, they're mm -hmm. weird because it's it's not like with the watch, it's one bit R, one bit G, one bit blue. And that's mm -hmm. kind of like gets you eight colors. Uh, but in this case, for these e-ink displays, it's like red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and then black and white are your seven colors. I think if I counted right. Um, <laughs> so it means that you like, this is a graphic actually designed for this display. So it looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm turning it just because you'll get too much reflection if I don't turn it. Right. Um, you can just colors pop that way. Yeah, so this is kind of in the very similar places of uh, Display.io as, as the watch code. So that's why I was in there. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about e-ink and, and all that. So um, finally dusted this off. And this is a 5.65 inch display. And Pimeroni has a version of this as well. This is a wave share module. Yeah. Um, and then it also comes in a four inch. So I got the Pimeroni four inch on the way. And then it also comes in a seven inch, uh, which is kind of neat. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to see a larger e-ink as well um, and more yeah. colors. So That's keep really an eye cool. out on the PRs for CircuitPython to get the support for this in there. Excellent. Uh, I'm excited to play with that. I'm sure a lot of folks are. Yeah, yeah. It's, pretty, it's been a long time, time coming. Like Lamore was playing around with this, like, I don't know, a year years ago and she like actually bought some of these so expect to see those in the shop at some point as well excellent great thanks so much scott thanks liz okay have a good one next we're going to go to jeff hello hey jeff how's it going i'm good uh so i wanted to talk to you because i put a new guide in the adafruit learning system this week mm. this is the mouse of the original next computer and now excellent. you can convert this to uh your, to run on your modern computer with CircuitPython. So if you want to bring up my uh, little yes. overhead camera, this is the little um, box that I made to hold the converter. And cool. so there's just about eight wires here. You solder them in, you plug everybody in, and you're good to go. Uh, but Sweet. what I wanted to talk about a little bit is this is the kind of mouse that uh, kind of broadly is called a bus mouse. And there's okay. no not much smarts inside it. So like all of the raw information about the button whether the button is pressed or not, or the like the motion information is coming in here, and this is decoding it and sending it onto your computer. So anyway, I already took the screws out and I've, I've peeked a little bit, but let's see what's in inside here. Live teardown. Yeah, so we've got a couple of buttons, we've got the connector, and then this is the motion assembly. It had three more screws. And I, I was a little surprised when I got down here. It looked a little different than what I expected. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, so actually that all that assembly all pulls out as one piece. Okay. And so here on the back, I'll zoom down. Hmm. Um, so I would like to figure out what these two chips are. There's two, and there's probably one for the X and Y. So this little guy here rolls, the ball moves against this oh. this guy here and okay. is rotating in here, and that's got some kind of sensor that produces a pair of signals that uh, you can decode with incremental encoder. And That's I'm guessing great. that goes to the chips U1 and U2. 
-hmm. and then comes out. But these aren't like microcontrollers. They're just like amplifying right. the LED signal or something like that. Um, yeah. And then CircuitPython does all the rest. And I'd love for you to check out the guide. And, you know, if you adapt it to run some other kind of old mouse from this era, like I think it would run an Atari ST mouse or maybe uh, the Commodore mouse um, with a little adaptation. So I'd love to hear if you have an old mouse and get it to work with CircuitPython to bring it onto your modern computer. And that's what I got for you tonight. And you've done a few guides now, uh, bringing these vintage um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got a number of keyboard guides. This is the first mouse guide that I did. Mm. Um, actually, I did a second one uh, because you can also daisy chain it with the next keyboard. That was how they oh. hooked together. This plugged into the keyboard and the keyboard plugged into the computer. Mm. Um, but yeah, maybe I'll do more mice. So if you are interested in that, you can hit me up on uh, Mastodon or on the Discord and tell me what I should do next. Um, just don't break the bank by telling me to get an ultra rare mouse because, you know, it should be something that, that other people could get a hold of as well. That's fair. Yeah. Awesome. Anyway, that's and, what I got you know, for you tonight. Great. And, you know, when I was little, I would always see the, the balls in the bottom of the mice and I'd really want to get it out. And so yeah. it's very sad. Oh, me now too. What's yeah. going on inside? Like I would want to fidget years. with that, totally. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Jeff. And we'll be All right. Check out your guests. See you later. Bye. And now we're going to have JP play us out with, I think, some retro action. Hey, Liz. Yeah, first, can I tell a story about mice? Yes. Okay, so, so I had a buddy that I worked with when I worked at uh, Disney Animation. And I had this buddy, Joe, who was an animator. We used to play pranks on each other. And one day, I came back to my office, I think, from lunch. And my mouse was acting super weird. So we in, back in those days, in fact, we had like dual... SGI CRT monitors. So two like 22 inch CRTs, like a thousand pounds of monitor. And I went to do something and my cursor just started to like drift off the screen. I'm like, what is up with my mouse? And it took a minute or two for me to like, looking all around, hear this weird little whiny noise. And I look around on the ground, at, uh, like the workstation is sitting there on the, on the floor basically behind my desk and I'm hearing this little whining noise. Joe had hooked up a pager motor to oh. a battery and had taken a second mouse and plugged it into my computer and opened the mouse up and the pager motor had he'd like grafted some kind of like a little rubber wheel uh, like from a tape player uh, that was just spinning one axis the x-axis of my mouse and it was like, it had barely any traction. So it was like a weird, slow, jerky motion that was endless. So I never I never got back at him. So, that, and that was like 18 years ago. So I've been waiting because that one was so good that I didn't really, uh, he ended it right there. It was a really good, really good hack. Um, so thanks, Joe. Uh, and thanks for reminding me of that, Jeff, with your with your ball mouse. Cause those, yeah, those often had like either a physical wheel that spun or I usually the two wheels that would spin and like, a little light blocking uh, LED encoder thing would, would get spun. Um, so that was my mouse story. Uh, yeah, so so I wanted to share a screen here that I didn't set up. So let me let me add. I'm going to try two different things. So let me try this one first. Uh, okay, so um, the Nintendo Entertainment System emulator running on Pico with HDMI, uh, actually DVI and audio output through an HDMI shaped connector uh, and uh, SD card. So this is a project that Frank 
uh, Hodemakers put together, and it was forked off of a couple other iterations of this, but his added the SD card support, I think, um, and he put together two versions. One runs on a Pimeroni base that has some of these things built in, and the other one, he just put it on a breadboard and, and used the Adafruit uh, add-ons for DVI breakout and SD card breakout. So the ROMs that you're going to play on this Nintendo emulator go on the SD card, which is really cool, actually, because it makes it easy yeah. for someone who's not technical. If you give a gift version of this to someone, they can just power it off, put a ROM on the uh, card and play. Um, yeah. This, I've, I've got it running back here, which you won't be able to see too well. And I picked Kirby, which probably doesn't have enough contrast to look like much of anything. But there's there it is playing. Okay. Um, so it's playing, at, I think it's 64480 over HDMI port on this old TV, LCD TV. Um, but the, the innovation, the thing that's really cool is that this is now running uh, with a real NES controller instead of a modern controller plugged into USB. Uh, and this is thanks to Phil B. So our own Paint Your Dragon, uh, I asked him, hey, is there any chance you could look at... Uh, while you're fiddling around in there and, and checking out the code, what do you think it would take to use the shift register uh, as three wires of uh, like data, latch, and, and uh, clock, um, as well as ground and power? Those are what are in the end. I'm going to probably break things by unplugging it uh, while it's live, but that's that's the, the end of the controller. It's a seven-pin connector. Um, Two of the pins are reserved for other uses, like with some of the joysticks that have um, weird, weird other support, and probably some of that robot Bob stuff uses it or Rob uses it. Uh, but this, he was able to get it working, and so uh, no longer need the OTG connector and uh, the USB controllers were a real pain to figure out uh, how to get them working. So it's like yeah. very specific to like just the. DualShock from PlayStation, DualShock 4, and the DualSense. That's it. You're going to try to plug something else in, forget it. Generics don't really work in that USB uh, gamepad descriptor world. They're all super specific. So um, that was win number one. Two, those are both like $40, $50 controllers. Uh, you can buy used originals for 10 to 20 bucks on eBay, less if you find them you know, at a yard sale or a thrift shop. Uh, and there are clones of these that cost like $2 that will also, I'm sure they'll also work as a, a well-known um, uh, protocol and convention. And yeah. you're able to get these things, which are the, the connectors for them on uh, AliExpress. I got like 10 of them for six bucks or something like that. So I'm I, I developed a little PCB to put um, the original three things I needed plus a switch on there. Uh, now I'm developing another one that'll have a spot for the NES controller. Um, and, and since Nintendo is awesome, they made it so that the SNES controller uh, was essentially backwards compatible. Uh, and Lamore was just discussing this. I think it's 16 bits, but the first eight bits that this sent are the ones that the NES wants. So it just discards the rest and it actually worked. Yeah. yeah. So I plugged, plugged one of these in through um, just a bunch of wiring, but I, I got a hold of some of these too, like a couple bucks. Uh, and I'm, and I'm just measuring those carefully. There's no footprint I could find, but I'm measuring those carefully and uh, uh, building them in Rhino and then adding, adding footprints to the board. So I think I'll be able to fit both of these on here. Uh, you can plug them both in at the same time if you want. Uh, you might do that for like accessibility stuff. If a couple of people want to, like one person's on the D-pad and the other's on the on the yeah. A button so that you can get in a fight and hate each other or something. Um, 
that's, I think, possible. I don't think there's anything bad about that. I was going to do a selector switch, but it turns out you kind of don't really need to. You can just plug them both in. Yeah. Um, so that's what uh, that's what the state of that is. And then I just want to share the um, the other screen here. One second, I'll change what I'm what I'm sending. Um, let's see, share screen window. So I've been um, putting together these in fritzing. So for some reason, I've become enamored of making these PCBs in fritzing. Uh, UI on it is easy to kind of get into when you haven't done it in a while, which is not the case for me with Eagle. I've used Eagle in the past, and anytime I don't use it for a while, I absolutely immediately forget how to use it because it has very kind of old-fashioned UI things about it. Maybe that's changed with um, with some of the uh, newer versions of it. But anyway, I've been I've been doing these in uh, in fritzing. So I start out on a on a breadboard. That's what this project looked like, and I had to make up some sort of bogus stuff here to plug in my uh, NES controller, um, put together a schematic for it, and then uh, started laying it out. These are the sort of made up things. I'm just using holes and putting them where I've measured they need to be, but that, that so far seems to work pretty well. I've printed these out and they seem to line up. Uh, I'm making a little breakout header there so that you can still plug weird stuff in without needing the exact controller port. And I still have to add the uh, SNES controller um and then let me just flip it over to the bottom real quick and the other thing i, I kind of didn't really realize is it's not that difficult to put pretty fancy silk screens on in fritzing we'll see how it looks front looks nice on the on the front there yeah oh yeah that right there's i put a logo there right yeah so that logo i i presume it'll look nice when when i get them made i haven't tried yet uh with a, with a fancier logo on on these um let me just flip over to the bottom silk screen and I got to hide the top stuff, oh, at least oh. the top silk screen. Um, so this was, I should probably change it because this is just like a Google search for someone's uh, ripped icons from from uh, sprites from, from a game. I'll probably find something else that isn't someone's, but uh, I what I did was I just took it into Photoshop and dithered it um, so that I could get some, it's That's really good. just black and white, but, but there's a lot of good dithering tools in Photoshop to make uh, make some shades in there. So that's what it looks like right now. I might end up changing that. Uh, there's the URL at the bottom there. I'll put it in the um, in the chat, which is uh, the GitHub page for this um, SNES emulator for Pico. And once I get this PCB uh, made, this new version, I'll post it up to that same, um, to Frank's GitHub. So it'll all live there. It's to... very serendipitous that you had left that space. I don't know if that was intentional or not. That then I totally, months. yeah, I totally was like, I don't need to make this as small as possible. I'm just going to make it kind of rectangular, and I bet I'll, I'll use this space for something. So I think those will both fit. Uh, hopefully not, or I'll, or I'll rearrange stuff a little bit. But um, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. that's the state of things, and. Uh, there's uh it's a it's a nice you can press select and start at the same time oh no it doesn't love me anymore oh wait i don't know plugged in. let's see let's see does this recover from a unplug replug that's the question hey it did okay yeah so this has a little file loader oh that's um, great so you can go in and uh start up a new game and as uh, phil was explaining it it essentially reads it it, it launches that menu system thing waits for you to pick something, 
Uh, it writes the name of the ROM you've picked to a text file, and then it kind of reboots the machine and checks for that file name, and that's the next thing it launches. So. I see. And some stuff looks great on it, even on, I noticed even on a, this is a progressive display, but they've, this emulator has added fake scan lines that on some games look really nice, look fairly convincing and, and uh, a little less blurry than Nintendo's own Android emulator they put into a little oh, mini SNES. Um, so some, some of the games have a little blur to them, but some of them look nice and sharp. So I've been impressed. You can put, put that on your big LCD or plasma. It actually looks kind of nice. So. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, you have your show tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern? Show tomorrow. Come on by. I'll be uh, hacking more on the CNC. I've got uh, I've got the, the vintage C style, the retro style, but modern CNC uh, Fisher-Price toy that I've been um, replacing its innards with uh, some CircuitPython stuffs. And I've got some of my own uh, city sounds instead of the usual farm and barking dogs. Actually, I still have barking dogs. That's very city, but uh, That's we're garbage trucks now. So Excellent. All right. Well, thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks. thanks. So much. Come on, bye. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. That is going to do it for show and tell tonight. Thank you, everyone, for showing your projects. Uh, up next in just nine minutes uh, right here on the AFRU YouTube channel is going to be Ask Engineer with Lamora PT. Uh, and until next time, have a good night.